Welcome to Elevate, the masterclass where we dissect the elements of exceptional achievement and lifestyle design with a focus on personal growth and real estate investing. Now, here's your host, Tyler Chesser. Elevate Nation, welcome back. This is Tyler Chesser. I'm so thankful to have you here and I'm blessed and grateful to be joined by someone else with the beautiful name of Tyler, Mr. Tyler Cobble. And uh, he's an amazing individual. He is a envelope pusher and envelope pusher and envelope pusher. Whoever uh, taught me linguistics or grammar back in the day, I'm sorry. Uh, he is an amazing individual. I'm super excited about this conversation. And uh, I hope you are as well. If you're having a great day wherever you are, whether you're working out, whether you're driving your car, whether you're at home, whether you're doing, you know, household, you know, things, whether you're pushing forward in your day, you're taking a quick break. I just want to thank you for being here. I want to thank you for listening to Elevate because we are ready to take it to another, to another level. I hope that you are. I hope that you're ready to raise the bar because I want to welcome you back to the show where we sit down for mind-expanding conversations with influential authorities in real estate as well as top experts in other industries and disciplines. And Tyler Cobble is without a doubt a influential authority in real estate. He's an amazing individual. And this is for leaders, entrepreneurs, real estate investors who have a burning desire for the extraordinary. It is our mission to identify and apply how the best of the best raise the bar personally and professionally to achieve greatness in real estate and beyond. We will distill the mindset, the habits, the routines, the systems, the tools, the strategies, and oh, so much more from those and an individual like Tyler Cobble, who is elevating to a life without limits so that you can do the same or even more for yourself. Of course, this is a masterclass for leaders and those looking to achieve uncommon results and purposeful outcomes through real estate investing, through personal growth, through personal mastery, other ventures, most importantly, and ultimately in their lives. If you are enjoying Elevate, we invite you to subscribe to the show uh, because that's the fastest way that you're going to be notified of our next episode. And by the way, we're bringing out two amazing, amazing, amazing episodes every single week. And uh, by the way, every now and then, once a month at this point, who knows, maybe we'll we'll ramp that up at some point in the future. You get yours truly Elevate exclusive with Tyler. So I would encourage you to subscribe, give us a rating, a five-star rating. If you are so inclined, if you're really enjoying it, you know, you can also give us a review, right? What are you taking away from the show? What do you really appreciate about our show? So we are always super grateful for that. And let me just tell you that I read every single review myself and it warms my heart. It warms my soul when I know that you're getting value. So I really appreciate that. And of course, it helps us as well attract, you know, more impressive guests and guests that can really add so much more value. So it's a give and a take. And this is a community. So we appreciate you being a part of the community. We want to give we want to serve you. And the best way for us to continue to do that is if you subscribe, rate, review, but also share, you know, who do you know, that would really, really appreciate knowing this stuff, right? Listening to these type of conversations. So post this on your social media. You know, what are your top three things that you've learned from Elevate recently, whether it's an episode or overall? I mean, what are you really applying? What are some takeaways? So what are some insights? You know, what are some things that you think other people in your world would really benefit from? Because guess what, when you give, you also receive, right? It's not a zero sum game. When you give to someone else, everything grows. So let's have an abundant attitude and share this with everyone. 
uh, in your network. If you want to share it on Instagram, you want to share it on Facebook, you want to share it on freaking Clubhouse. I don't even know how to do that, by the way, yet. I have not started Clubhouse yet. I've had a lot of people tell me, man, Elevate would be awesome on there. So maybe we'll check that out soon. So uh, coming soon, we'll look at uh, we'll look at Clubhouse. I will tell you, my wife will laugh at me, Katie. Shout out to Katie. She's going to say, wait a minute, TikTok, you, uh, you know, she tried to get me on TikTok. I was like, man, I can't do it. I can't do it. But if you are on TikTok, share this with your network, if it makes sense to do so. I don't even know if it does, but share this with a friend uh, because this is 100% free. The only fee that we ask from you is that you share, right? That you share and that you care and uh, that you really engage here and you play full out because this is you know, really our passion. This is my passion. This is something that I love to do. I love giving you this. And I, if you want to go deeper, let me tell you that Elevate High Performance Coaching Academy is that opportunity for you to turn decades into days and really transform everything about your business and your life. If you're a real estate investor, you're a leader, you're an entrepreneur, you're a salesperson, if you really want to, you know, compress timeframes and you know, elevate your game and make a lot more money and create a lot more free time in your life and do the things that you really care about and that you're really passionate about, we invite you to visit us. Go check out elevatecoachingacademy.com. We have a free masterclass, a free workshop there where you can really, you know, garner massive value from myself and coach Trevor McGregor, because we are offering massive value in that free workshop. And further to that, you'll learn a little bit more about what it might look like if you became a part of that tribe as well. And uh, this is a tribe, right? This is an opportunity for you to build relationships with other like minded people, like minded warriors or gladiators that are committed to living a life of fulfillment, right? They're committed to playing at the highest level. And uh, we're giving also some amazing tactics, amazing strategies, amazing paradigm shifts so that you can make quantum leaps in your business, quantum leaps in your life. So join us over there. Go check out elevatecoachingacademy.com. Pause this episode. Go check that out right now while you're at it. And uh, let me tell you, I want to invite you to take notes during that workshop because it is phenomenal. And we have spent years building this platform, building this program, and it will absolutely transform your life. So uh, I'm really looking forward to getting to know you, looking forward to serving you, looking forward to, you know, creating a place where that you can really go from where you are to where you want to be and so much more. So uh, super grateful to share that with you. Elevate Coaching Academy. With all of that said, I want to dive into an amazing conversation with Tyler Cobble, who is a native, a native, he is a native Nashvilleian. I was like trying to, con, you know, combine a couple of words there, native Nashvilleian. And he's not a villain, but he's a native Nashvilleian. And uh, that has not only been a witness to the city's tremendous growth, but he has also played a key role in it through his developments, his renovation projects, and his volunteer work throughout the community. And it has absolutely been a tremendous growth. There's no doubt about that. I've seen that uh, firsthand myself as our company is, you know, looking at some acquisitions down there and uh, love, love, love that city. But uh, Tyler's commercial real estate career began in the fall of 2013 as the in-house leasing agent for a Nashville development firm. After stabilizing the company's shopping center and office assets, Cobble began taking on third-party work and put together his first development deal which was a 42 for sale development townhome in Bellevue. Then in February of 2018, he launched his best-selling book, Open for Business, The Insider's Guide to Leasing Commercial Real Estate. And he founded the East Nashville-based commercial real estate brokerage, The Cobble Group. 
Later that year, he and partners founded Parasol Property Management to serve the management needs of his investment clients. Since 2019, Cobble has been raising capital through his latest venture, Hamilton, for value-add investments and development in the greater Nashville area, providing high-quality commercial space at affordable prices, a much-needed solution for Nashville's entrepreneurial community. And uh, I want to invite you to really enjoy this conversation because he's a dynamic individual. Let me tell you, he's he has really accomplished a lot in the past few years and really since he began in commercial real estate, but also beyond that. I mean, he's he is definitely a beacon of light and inspiration in many capacities. So I want to invite you to enjoy this conversation, learn from this conversation, play full out, and uh, enjoy this conversation with Tyler Cobble. Tyler, welcome to the show, sir. How are you? Tyler, thanks for having me. It's going to be very confusing for the audience having to listen to us go back and forth. <laughs> I know. It's funny. As I, was, as I was kind of getting the show started, I'm like, you know, I got another Tyler here with me. And my whole life growing up, every single class, we like do the roll call the first day of school. It's like Tyler. And then you have like three other Tylers. Was it the same for you? <laughs> so I actually, there was, there was always one other Tyler, at least. Yeah. And like, you think that it's kind of a rare enough name to where you don't have to deal with that. But that's just not, not true. Well, it is now though. It's like they go in waves, right? It's like real estate. It's like the cycles, right? The names. There's That's all right. the Jacksons and the Braxtons and the you know all these things, but there's no Tylers. But I'm sure it'll come back, right? In like ten years or something. I don't know. Exactly. What do you yeah, because you and I are gonna go crush it, and then people are gonna go, "Oh my gosh, we gotta name our sons after these guys." Yeah, that's right. There it is. They're gonna they're gonna see your 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 skyscraper in the Nashville skyline. They're gonna be like, "Dude, I got a Tyler Jr. here. Let's do this." <laughs> So, That's dude, awesome. I, I really appreciate you taking time to be on the show today. Um, you know, we've known each other just a bit for probably a little bit over a year, but not really super deeply. So I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to really get to know you better and share this with Elevate yeah. Nation, man. So tell me, you know, tell me a little bit more about Tyler Cobble, like the man, like behind the public image, behind, you know, all the success that you've been able to create in such a short time in many ways. But tell us, tell me a little bit more about you as a man. Yeah, well, I mean, me as a man, that's no one's ever actually asked me that question. And so I'm, I'm actually struggling to answer that I, <laughs> um, you know, work is a lot of my identity, uh, which, you know, it's probably good and bad. I, I don't see any bad in that at all. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm a Nashvilleian. I love getting out and kayaking and enjoying the outdoors, you know, hiking um, and traveling, which we haven't gotten, you know, to do a whole lot of in the past year. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of the, the man behind uh, Tyler Cobble is, you know, I, I enjoy spending a lot of time with my grandparents. And um, that's, that's probably, probably really about it. But as far as my career goes, which is probably more of what you were really asking. Um, kind of both, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go. So I shared some personal stuff that no one's ever heard, <laughs> heard before. So that's, that's pretty good there. That is cool. Um, I got started in commercial real estate seven years ago. I was a, um, a college dropout. I did not enjoy college. And it wasn't because I wasn't good at it. I was actually, uh, I come from a very academic background. I thoroughly enjoyed high school, did really well there. Uh, the, the reason that I ended up dropping out was because I found out that I was really good at sales. Mm. And so I did Cutco the summer that I graduated from high school. And I think I made over $30,000 that summer. Um, as an 18 year old, you know, going into college, that's a lot of money, man. Oh, that's a so, fortune. Yeah, that yeah. is a fortune. So I, uh, you know, just started thinking when I was sitting in class one day, I was like, man, I'm taking the same biology class I took in eighth grade. 
you know, I'm the only kid in my class that can actually speak Spanish. And, you know, here I am. I'm like, okay, if I annualize my income, $30,000 in three months or four, over, you know, a whole year, oh my gosh, that's six figures in income. I, what, what am I doing in college? That's more than any of my friends will be making when they you know, get back. Uh, so that's when I decided to drop out, move back uh, to, to Nashville, worked as a project manager for my grandfather and his construction company for a little bit. And then a little, about three months into that, I got recruited by a local developer here in town. He had uh, bought some knives for me uh, back when I was going through Cutco. And he knew how well I had done in sales. And so he called me and he goes, you know, hey, um, this was 2013. So shopping centers, office buildings were still struggling at this point coming out of the recession. They just took forever to recover. And they, uh, he was like, you know, I'm not getting the attention that I, that I feel like I deserve on these shopping centers from these national brokerages. I think that they've got too much else going on and nobody's really working on my projects. And I would like to have somebody in-house to come and work on this. So I'll pay for you to get your real estate license if you come and, and do that. I was like, well, okay, sure. So, you know, didn't really realize the opportunity that I was being handed at the time because I'd never thought about commercial real estate. It wasn't something I was remotely interested in. I thought I was going to grow my grandfather's construction company. So uh, they gave me a 150,000 square foot shopping center and a 57,000 square foot office building um, in Nashville uh, to lease. Both of them were about 70% occupied. And so I kind of cut my teeth on those, those buildings. And this was a local boutique development firm. So they were building thousands of townhomes, um, or they had built thousands of townhomes. And so I was sitting in these development meetings every week on how to build townhomes. So I basically got a crash course. And so about two years into working with them, I put together my first development deal, which was 42 for sale townhomes, and then wrote a book, left, started my own firm. And here we are, we're doing a lot of value add investments and developments now. That's awesome, man. And what an awesome story too. And and by the way, I'll just, I'll kind of circle back on the, uh, on the dropping out of school thing. I mean, what a practical thought process, right? You know, it's so interesting yeah. because a lot of, and I, and I went to college, right? I went to college and never once was I thinking practically. I'm like, well, you, this is what you do. You go to college and you do the thing and then you do the next thing. And um, I just think it's important that we all need to like pattern interrupt and say, well, wait a minute, does this make sense? Like, let's let's get the little napkin out and make a quick calculation here. And of course, it's not all about money and all these things. But your decision then took you in this path where you discovered that you had a proficiency in connecting with people and influencing people and, you know, getting people to take action right through sales, which then led to this opportunity, the real estate opportunity, which is so, so interesting to really you know, kind of circle back on. And uh, there's just some divine intervention, perhaps that that took place through that. But I just think it's interesting. And now where you are, right, you've kind of you've made quantum leaps in so many different capacities. But I think the the key, it seems from my vantage point, looking into you is you're so passionate about it, right? You love what you do. So tell me, what do you love so much about commercial real estate? Yeah, that that is pretty lucky. You know, I was listening to something the other day. And um, oh, I know it's a it's an audio book that I'm listening to called Company of One. And in that book, uh, which is a great book, by the way, it tells you how to scale your business without scaling your um, employees. Um, so Company of One, obviously. Um, but it talks about how, uh, you know, you, you'll find your passion in something that you, you know, make money at, right? It's like, don't go follow your passion and try to make money following your passion. Go try and make money and let that become your passion. 
And so it talks about, you know, Barbara Corcoran had said the same thing. Like she didn't love real estate. She just fell into it. She started enjoying it. And then it became her passion. And mm. that's exactly what happened to me with commercial real estate. I mean, like I said, when I got into it, I, I didn't know what it was. Like I didn't even it just, it never even crossed my mind that like, that, you know, somebody put that Walgreens on the corner right there. Like I just, you don't think about that. And so, um, you know, over the years, just working in commercial real estate, I, I truly started to love it more and more. One, I love the entrepreneurial grit that comes from so many different aspects, whether you're a developer, even if you're an established developer, every project you do is basically a new venture. So there's something super entrepreneurial about that. Uh, if you're a startup, you know, and you're opening up your first venture, that's incredibly entrepreneurial. And there's just something about that side of business that I really love. I couldn't care less about corporate America, uh, which is why we've never taken on national tenants. We don't represent regional tenants. We don't do any of that, that kind of stuff. In fact, we're kind of anti that. We, we go for more of your local guys. Um, you know, the other thing is you get to have this direct impact on so many people's lives through the developments and projects that you do. So one example that I use is uh, my buddies open up a coffee shop called Retrograde. And if you follow me on Instagram, I'm there all the time, right? Like I'm just always sharing pictures of me hanging out working in Retrograde. It's the best coffee I've ever had. And they, uh, they took this old decrepit building that you would drive past and not think anything of, and they turned it into this beautiful coffee shop where, you know, people are going and grabbing breakfast with their friends, you know, somebody's in the corner writing a thesis, there's a couple of people having a business meeting, and getting to know each other a little bit better. And to me, it's just so electric, like they created this hub out of nothing, and look at what it's become. So to me, it's really exciting that we get to do that as, as commercial real estate investors and developers. Hey, guys, just a quick word from our sponsor, and we'll be right back to the show. This episode of Elevate is brought to you by CF Capital, and you know how much I love real estate and how it can be a vehicle towards creating any outcome that you want in your life, which is really why we created CF Capital, a real estate investment firm that focuses on acquiring and operating multifamily assets that provide stable cash flow, capital appreciation, and a margin of safety for our investors, for our partners, and for the people that we serve. Our team leverages its expertise in acquisitions and management to provide investors like you with superior risk-adjusted returns while placing a premium on preserving capital. Our mission is to provide property investment and asset management solutions to help investors maximize their returns by investing in high-value multifamily communities. Our philosophy is that we can elevate communities together through this process. And I want to invite you to go check out cfcapllc.com because we have a free ebook that's called the bottom line, the 10 ways to increase cash flow in an apartment complex. And I want to tell you that this is a value packed ebook. So I want to want to invite you to go check that out right now at cfcapllc.com. I think you're going to get a ton of value just from reading this, whether you apply it to your own business, or whether you educate yourself further on what it would look like if you invested with CF capital. So go check that out at cfcapllc.com. Again, that's cfcapllc.com. And enjoy the rest of the show. Yeah, I no, no, I totally agree. And I love the entrepreneurial spirit just at, at its core, right? To me, it's like possibilities, right? Anything is possible. Yeah. And how creative can you be? You know, you look at something and you can visualize something, you know, I was actually I was at a property yesterday. And I was with a developer and we we're looking at a project. It's actually a reposition uh, that we're potentially going to acquire. But it's funny, because it's a it's a historic property. 
And so it's in a historic district that they're not willing to allow them to modify the facade in any way. And so we're looking at it and saying, okay, I get it. It was built in 1897. I understand it's historic, but it is ugly. Like, let us paint (laughs) the damn thing. And it's so interesting because, you know, he was talking about, well, we just put down the asphalt, you know, behind the property back here. And now tenants are pouring in left and right. And it's a, it's a multifamily project. And the comment that came to my mind was people just don't have vision, but what you are saying and what I agree with is when you develop that vision as a developer or as an investor or as a practitioner, that's when it starts to get really exciting. Cause once you start to see these references, then you look over here and it's like, well, wait a minute, what could be possible? What, what's the use right now, but what could we do? I mean, it sounds like that's sort of the creativity is what excites you most. Am I correct on that? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, you know, it's a very, very creative process. I mean, coming from Nashville, growing up in Nashville, everybody plays music, writes music, you know, you play multiple instruments. And so it's, it's just a very creative city. And so, yeah, absolutely. I think it's pretty cool. Like my artwork is, is out there for all to see. It's just a different kind of art. Totally. And so in terms of the asset classes, you're, you're, you're across the board, right? I mean, you, you practice in different asset classes, but you also develop office retail. I mean, is there any asset class that really kind of draws you in more than others just out of curiosity? Yeah, that's a great question. I'm, I'm pretty agnostic, right? So I, I, I do when I when I cut my teeth at that boutique firm, we did office retail, industrial, we did 144 unit apartment complex, we did some single family custom homes, which I am, am not a fan of because I man, selling residential is just a completely different animal. I'm yep. I can't I can't do it. A lot of emotions. Um, Oh my gosh. Yeah. Dude, dude, people would walk in when I would have an open house and they'd be like, yeah, I just, I just can't see little Timmy growing up in a house. painted this color. <laughs> oh, that's the worst. Like, what? <laughs> I will paint the house for you. What color do you want to paint it? Like put an offer in. That's ridiculous. Oh my gosh. Um, so I, as far as asset classes go to me, I've always been more of a kind of neighborhood guy. Mm, right. Okay. So uh, whether it's neighborhood office or retail, those are probably the two that I really stick to. I'd love to get more into multifamily. I mean, I'm trying to buy a 200 plus unit apartment complex in Tennessee this year. So if anybody listening has one, give me a call. I'm, I'm <laughs> I am actively looking. Same here, uh, by the way, we'll have to partner on that. I love yeah, that. Let's do it. I'm, I'm all for it. Let's, uh, let's go make some money. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, I would say probably neighborhood office and retail. I mean, right now I'm sitting in one of my buildings. It's a 27,000 square foot office building. Um, it's right down the street from that mixed use office retail and restaurant development that we're doing. That's 57,000 square feet. And then the last building I bought was like a six bay car wash, um, that we're converting into micro restaurants. So I'm kind of all over the board, but those three projects are all in my neighborhood. So like all in East Nashville. Well, and I, I love how you kind of look at it as art. And also like, you know, you were describing the coffee shop and like the culture and all that stuff. But it seems like culture is kind of like the central theme in some ways, like you're passionate about it, right? You can be creative, you can create a culture of a neighborhood, but also like your organization, you were talking about, hey, we don't really work with the big corporate companies. And like, we just don't love that vibe and all that kind of stuff. But you've kind of created a culture. I mean, is that am I am I looking at that in the correct way? Is that kind of what you love about it? Yeah, I think I think that's absolutely right. I mean, you know, East Nashville is one of those like we're just now getting our first Starbucks and Mm. East Nashville is it's a big, you know, area of land. So like between downtown Nashville and Madison, which is 15 minutes away, there are zero Starbucks, which is, you know, for for, you know, Starbucks in the country is kind of crazy, right? I mean, they're on every corner. 
but East Nashville, like the the neighborhood has this character of anti-corporate. It's like, nah, man, screw you. I'm going to my <laughs> local coffee shop right down the street. Right. And so that has actually kept out a lot of the big guys for years. And I think East Nashville's kind of gotten to a point now where it's so big that those guys can't pass over it anymore. Yeah. And so it'll be interesting to see how that Starbucks does. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that I kind of adopted that from East Nashville. I think that, you know, maybe I'm taking it a step different or a step further because I'm from Nashville and I love yeah. that local, you know, feel that this city has because in, in, in some way that's probably me trying to hold on to the past, right? Because Nashville, you know, growing up here, night and day difference. I mean, 10 years ago, you know, when I was growing up, I mean, 15 years ago in Nashville, like 2005, 2006, Dude, there was nothing to do at night. The city shut down at like 10 o'clock, right? Yeah. And so, I mean, I remember being a kid and we would roam through Green Hills and, you know, set off firecrackers and do stupid <laughs> stuff. And, you know, there was never anybody around. And now it's just traffic all the time. And so, you know, like Green Hills is no longer a local area to me. I mean, that's where I grew up. It's very, very corporate. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, that's definitely something I'm holding on to in East Nashville. It's the yeah, last it's bastion. It's really interesting. I mean, I've I've observed Nashville, you know, for many years, just from an outsider's perspective. And, you know, you think about the transformation. Some people, you know, you got the nimbius, the not in my backyard people. I'm sure there's still some people that are clinging. They're, they're like the tips of their fingertips. They're like, no, not here. But it seems like the city has, you know, just a desire to continue to grow and expand in many capacities. Um, what do you think that philosophy is? Because you don't see that in every city across America, some, you know, they plateau. And what do you think that is? What's the character of the city that's allowing it to make that happen? I think Nashville is very, it's a very open and welcoming city. And I think that that translates in many different ways. Um, you know, that's why a lot of people move here. They come and visit once. They're like, man, I can't believe people are that nice. Like, yeah, hold the door open for me. You know, somebody <laughs> coming from New York that gets their door held open. They're like, what do you want? They're like, I'm moving. I'm, here. I'm yeah, here. Like, yeah, like they can't comprehend it, right? Like down here, it's yeah. just this part of life. Like this so is we what do. you do. Yeah. Um, and so I think that that's part of it, right? It's like Nashville's kind of welcoming and 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 you know open-minded to this change. And fortunately, a lot of what's coming in is assimilating into the Nashville culture as opposed to trying to force some other culture on it. I think yeah. that has certainly helped. But uh, I mean, it's it's almost all been positive change. I look back, you know, again, when we were like middle school, high school, it was a big deal when we got a Chipotle. And mm -hmm. now we've got James Beard award winning chefs opening concepts like multiple times a year. Um, right. So it's, it's which, you know, I'm a foodie, man. I love going out and trying new bars, doing the new restaurant scene. Um, so I love that. It's it makes Nashville so much fun. Oh, yeah. Nashville is so much fun. And uh, let's talk about, you know, navigating the current market and where you're seeing things going, because I think, you know, it's certainly even in a market that's growing and expanding at the rate that Nashville is, there's still challenges, right? Especially in, you know, some commercial assets and obviously occupants and different businesses and employment and all these different things. There's definitely challenges. So, you know, what are you seeing as some of the biggest challenges right now? And what are you seeing as some of the biggest opportunities within perhaps this environment that maybe others aren't seeing? Sure. Um, I mean, hospitality, right? I mean, Nashville is so big on tourism uh, that that got hit really hard with all of this. Um, so you're starting to see some hotels hit the market for sale, which, you know, uh, it's, it's sad to see, but that kind of stuff, like if you look at real estate the right way, that just, it's, it's, it's another door to, uh, to an opportunity. Yeah. Right. I mean, 
what what do hotels make great conversions into multifamily apartments yeah exactly. micro unit multifamily I mean, who wouldn't want to lease something like that in a prime spot in downtown Nashville, right? And and it really wouldn't cost a whole lot for you to go in there and retrofit it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, those are those are just always good opportunities. So ho- hospitality has been hit hard. I think office space will be very interesting to watch. I, I do not subscribe to the office space is dead. No one's ever going back into an office ever again, you know, mentality that seems to be uh, pervasive in the media nowadays. But I do believe office is going to change. I think that you'll see a shift towards a more remote work friendly work environment where maybe they don't have everybody working in the office every day or it's not 100% work from home every day, but it'll be a hybrid. Like you want to come into the office? Cool. You want to stay from home? You know, work from home? Cool. So, you know, how will that impact companies, you know, spatial needs? I think that you'll start to see more... um, you know, shorter lease terms or more flexible lease terms. So instead of these three, five, seven, 10 year deals that we're normally seeing, it'll probably be more than one to three year range. I think you'll see a lot of companies taking smaller spaces, um, which just makes sense. And, you know, that's kind of why we're doing that development that we're doing right down the street here. It's called the provisionary. All it's focused on micro units. So all of those spaces, the the overwhelming majority are under a thousand square feet and it's office, retail and restaurants. So think about that. I mean, you got restaurants that are 440 square feet and they're literally walk-up counters and they have a shared dining hall. So it's kind of like an outdoor food hall, but your overhead as a startup is almost non-existent, right? Like compared to, you know, they're paying two, $3,000 a month, as opposed to signing a 10 year lease, spending six figures and paying six or $7,000 a month. It's night and day difference. Same with the retail, same with the office. And you get this kind of campus like environment, right? where, you know, the, the office feeds off the restaurants, the restaurants feed off the retail, and, and, and it's all, you know, kind of self-fulfilling. I think a lot of what hasn't, you know, a lot of the reasons why some of these assets are struggling is because they are so singular. Mm-hmm. You've got office buildings that are 40 stories of office space. I think that's such a poor use of a whole, you know, block on in downtown Nashville, right? Yeah. I mean, that should be, you know... 10 stories of office, 10 stories of hotel, 10 stories of apartment, 10 stories of, you know, what or condos, whatever, right? Because like, that helps you diversify your offering. And it, it ensures that whenever you get into a scenario like COVID, where people have to work from home, well, half your building is still full. So, you know, that's, um, I think, I think mixed use is obviously a massive opportunity coming out of this. Yeah. And uh, being nimble, right? Being right, being able to be flexible and consider that what the set of circumstances that are present today are not necessarily what's guaranteed for tomorrow, which 2020 was such a great uh, case study for that entire philosophy. But I love that, man. I love the concept of your development. I've actually never heard of that, of it at least described in that capacity where you even have like restaurants that are occupying such a small space. And really, if you think about it, it's like, why do they need, you know, such a massive space or such a long term lease? If you think about all the overhead, you know, restaurants is one of the hardest business I can imagine to be in. But if you take that away, then they can thrive. And if you think about if your tenants win, you win, right? I love that thought process. Is there anything else you'd add to that? Yeah, actually, absolutely. There's a lot that I could add to that. So that six bay car wash, right, that that I was telling you about. So the idea, uh, we'd been looking at that for months, my partner and I. And 
we were trying to figure out what to do with it. They had plans for Airbnb, you know, they had plans for office condos. We looked at it for, you know, retail space, converting them into retail bays. And we actually had a lot of issues with the city because if we tore down the, the existing structure, we would lose half the parcel. So that's what got us creatively thinking like, okay, how do we reuse these six bays? And then COVID hit. And we still hadn't figured anything out that we wanted to do with that, that car wash. Well, I started getting calls on the brokerage side from restaurants. They're like, do you have anything that's like a thousand square feet or less that, you know, we can just kind of, you know, we don't have to have all this overhead. Maybe it's moving ready. You know, we still want to open up restaurant concepts, but we got to be COVID minded. And I was like, man, there's, there's just nothing like that. And then one day it just clicked. I called my partner. I was like, Hey man, you might think that this is crazy. And if it is, just tell me, Yeah. What if we turn those into six micro restaurant bays and that it just caught on like wildfire. Every single person that we kind of like put the feelers out to was like, that's, that's, it's genius. And we announced the project two weeks ago and we're already fully leased. Oh my goodness. Yeah. That's and amazing. So, yeah. And, and it's the power, like we're getting incredible prices per square foot. I mean, we're charging, you know, 3250 a month. That's a full service lease, but these bays are 380 square feet. So you run the math, that's a hundred bucks a foot. Wow. And, uh, and at least in two weeks. So you think about the flexibility that that provides, like one, we're providing something that these restaurant startups can actually attain and afford because think about who really starts the best restaurants. They're chefs, they're sous chefs, they're people who have been working in a kitchen for 10 or 15 years. Well, they also don't make as much money as they really should because the way that the restaurant industry is structured. So in order for them to be able to go open up a restaurant, they've got to build up a reputation. They've got to go find investors. They got to convince investors that a restaurant venture will make money. And then they've got to go sign a 10 year lease and basically sign their life away. So this is kind of like the food truck revolution where it opened the door to so many new ideas and concepts because now anybody can do it. Dude, that's huge. And what do you think are the biggest takeaways from that? I mean, if you really kind of go back to really like breaking that down, it's like you had one thought and then you had some challenges you ran into and then you had a global pandemic. And then you said, Oh, my goodness, what an amazing idea that this then provided me this this challenge gave me a gift of creativity. But what else did you really take away from that experience? And are you continuing to take away? now? So one one comment that a uh, so I'm an in the EO, the entrepreneurs organization. Okay. And my forum, one of my forum mates during forum one day said, you know, pearls aren't made from comfortable oysters. Mm. And I remember writing that down, like, you know, I, I don't have a very visual recall memory. Um, <laughs> But like I can vividly see that on the paper because it stuck out to me so well. I mean, that is the like that's the catchphrase of real estate, right? Like amazing projects aren't made by developers who didn't face adversity. Like great deals are not done by people who didn't have challenges going through them. Because if you can fight and find a way to make it happen, the I mean, it's it's probably gonna be worth it. And so Absolutely. and that's, that's where this came from. Like we looked at this deal so many different ways and we kept going at it and kept going at it. And then you had all these curveballs thrown at you. And then it finally just fell into place. It's almost like you're being tested, right? It's like, how committed really are you to doing this project or to being in this business or whatever? And you get these curveballs thrown your way and it gives you the opportunity to, you know, become that pearl or what have you. 
And man, that's awesome. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. What other yeah. adversity have you run into, you know, over the years that have become a gift, so to speak? Oh, man. Is there anything that comes uh, to mind? Any any particular oh, oh, circumstances? Oh, of course. I'm sitting here. I'm like, what what should I share? <laughs> Which one should we go with here? Yeah, <laughs> man. I mean, I, you know, the first, I would say what like the first piece of adversity that really shaped me was uh, my mom getting stage four cancer when I was a freshman in high school. Yeah. Wow. Um, so she's all clear. We've, you know, we're over a decade in the clear now, which is, you Thank know, God. I, I cry every year on the anniversary, <laughs> but that was, that was like, that was really trying. And then that, that, you know, then like the next year she and my dad got divorced. And so, mm. you know, that, that was really tough. And, you know, we went from, well, really it was my stepdad, but he raised me. So went from having, you know, a comfortable life to, you know, kind of struggling for a little bit. And so that's why I started working as hard as I, I did. Right. It was like, I'm never going to, you know, put my family through what I had to go through. Mm. Um, and then, you know, that kind of led to what I was working for that developer. Well, um, I put that, that townhome deal together. Right. And I was 25. I didn't have any money to pay attorneys to put an operating agreement together. And I had in writing from them that I was a 10% partner of the deal. And when the deal sold out and I, you know, asked for my check, the developer kind of said, eh, uh, if you want your money, you're going to have to sue me. And I was like kind of floored uh, yeah. by that. I mean, it was, it was over $250,000, which dude, as a 25, 26, I mean, now, like to anybody, at that's, any time, a life that's a lot yeah. of money, especially at that time. Yeah. Yeah. With you. Especially at that, like that was life-changing money for me. I was already thinking of like the pieces of real estate I was going to buy and invest mm -hmm. in. And, you know, it was, it was, that was really tough, but you know, it got me, it made me better at negotiating partnerships and making sure I've always got attorneys. So, you know, I think there's, there's so many points of adversity that anybody will face at any given time. Yep. I think that there's no such thing as failure, as long as you learn something from it. And yep. You know, was that a two hundred fifty thousand dollar loss? Absolutely, but it was really a two hundred and fifty thousand dollar lesson. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's super powerful, and uh, thank you for sharing all that. I think the you know the one especially uh, it, it explains a lot about you when you talked about you know the experience that you had when your parents split up, and then you guys struggled a bit, and really it, it explains your drive in many ways, which I think is a beautiful thing. I mean, what a great blessing that probably came out of such a you know horrible challenge in many ways. I'm sure it was really painful. But looking back and now like that drive, that hunger that you have is so relentless, which is such an amazing, beautiful gift that now you get to share with everybody that you touch. Uh, I don't know if you agree with that, but that's what I see. Yeah, no, I mean, that's that's exactly the way to look at it, man. It's a beautiful gift. I think, you know, one of the funniest questions that anybody ever asks is like, if you could go back and change one thing in your life, would you change anything? <laughs> and to me, the, you know, there's so many different like horrible moments in my life where I could be like, yeah, I would love to change that. But why? Like if I, if I change that one moment, I might not be the person that I am today because maybe I, maybe I just had to struggle a little bit more to become me. Right. Like that, yeah. that, that oyster had to turn that sand over just a couple more times before it became a pearl. So no, I mean, I, you know, I wouldn't change a thing. I think you're right. I think it's a beautiful gift. Yeah, everything happens for a reason. And uh, the other side of it is if it's if it's, you know, up, if it's going to be, it's up to me. And that's one of the things that yes. I appreciate about you, too, is that you take extreme ownership of what's going to happen. It's like, all right, well, we got a pandemic now. And what do we need to do? And then let's open our mind to the possibilities, right? Let's be resourceful. Let's be creative. But the other thing, you know, I wanted to switch gears just a bit, but it's on a little bit of the same note in terms of your creativity, 
and just your communication and your presence in the marketplace. Talk to me about the role that digital marketing as well as just, you know, marketing in general and social media has played in the growth of your business and in your life, frankly. Yeah, man, it has played a massive role, which which a lot of people would not really expect coming out of commercial real estate, right? I mean, right. You know, when I first got started doing Instagram, uh, my boss at the time kind of laughed at me because he was like, man, nobody's going to ever do commercial, you know, they're not going to invest in commercial real estate with you over the internet. You know, it's <laughs> not how commercial real estate is. It's a relationship-based game. Right. And I was like, well, I think you're wrong. I'm going to give this a shot. What he didn't realize is that millennials build relationships over the internet, right? Yep. Like, you know, you and I had that phone call. We got connected through Evan Yep. And Evan and I, I think that we got to know each other through Instagram. Like he reached out to me on Instagram. So like, if you think about this, you want to take this all the way back. Like you and I met because six years ago, I decided to start an Instagram account. That's it. It's kind of wild. We would not be having this conversation if it wasn't for all that. What you just yeah. described. It's amazing. Isn't that, isn't that crazy? Yeah. So, you know, what, what that guy didn't realize, what the boss didn't realize is that, you know, millennials build relationships online. And so you and I have been following each other for over a year now. I feel like I know you incredibly well because, you know, even though we've never met face to face, right? Yeah. Like we know <laughs> each other because we've been following each other online. And so think about the power that that gives you to connect with your potential clients. And that's what uh, was so remarkable about what Instagram opened up was that I've basically got this, I've got this billboard out there that people can stumble upon every now and then and they can go back and learn about me they can watch me post stories and learn more about who i am they can you know check out the grid and see some projects that i'm working on and you know it's it's a fishing line right like without me having to go out there and hunt these people are going on business owners investors i mean we've got professional football players and hockey players on our roster because they found me on instagram which is, which is kind of wild to think about. I mean, we had a call with a couple of football guys yesterday. They're, you know, currently in the playoffs. Good, good luck boys. But um, <laughs> shout out to them. That's awesome. Yeah. Like it's super cool that like Instagram opens those doors. Um, and so, you know, we've gotten a six and a half million dollar listing off of Instagram. I mean, it's, it's mm -hmm. pretty remarkable. Um, now we're kind of moving. So as at the start of the pandemic, we shifted heavily into YouTube mm. and we hit a thousand subscribers and, I don't know, eight months, which was crazy. I That's couldn't believe huge. that that happened. And we're, you know, doing videos every week on some aspect of commercial real estate investing. And so now I've got people reaching out, you know, asking for consulting and, and coaching. And if I'll be a partner in their deals, if I'll help them out and do the underwriting and stuff like that. And so, you know, those are opportunities that never would have come about if I had just been like, oh, no, man, people don't build relationships online. Uh, <laughs> right. You know? Right. You know, what's funny about that is, you know, those same things were told to me because you and I got into the business around the same time. And, um, you know, I, I was just trying to grow my reach, right. And I came from marketing and I, you know, I was like, look, this is an easy way for me to build more relationships. And it's yeah. the interesting thing that I've noticed, and I don't know if you've noticed this, but I will say that it's gotten a lot more crowded since then, because at, at, at that point, it's like you could post like two words and you were like, you owned the market share, so to speak. Oh, yeah. But now it's like, there's some advanced approach. You got to stay on top of this thing. Have you noticed that too? Oh, dude, I'm not as cool on Instagram as I used to be. <laughs> I, uh, Me I mean, neither. Used Nowhere to, near. I used to grow by like, you know, a hundred followers a week. Like, I mean, it was a lot. I mean, you know, we're at over 12,000 followers now. Well, I got to a point like last year, where I hit 12,600. 
And I think I just got to like 12,900 in the last, you know, couple of weeks. Yeah. So it's interesting to see how meteoric that rise was. And now mm -hmm. it's kind of leveled off and that's fine. It is what it is, but you know, that's why we're focusing on YouTube now, right? Like you got to always be searching for that next blue ocean. Like I'll always maintain mm -hmm. my presence on Instagram. It's a great way for me to connect with my audience, but nobody's really doing anything on YouTube when it comes to yeah. commercial real estate investing advice. And so that's why we got to a thousand subscribers so fast. I'm sure at some point, you know, there'll be so many people doing commercial real estate videos where we just won't get that many followers anymore. And then there'll be the next one. I mean, there's a lot of people doing TikTok right now. And I mean, I'm probably too old for that. I don't get it, but I don't either. I don't either. You can get, you can get six figure followings in that in, in a couple months if you do it right. That's I wild. I know it's my wife is trying to get me on it and uh, I can't figure it out. I just, it doesn't seem, it doesn't seem like me, but um, how do you delineate between, you know, company branding and personal branding? I mean, like, what's your approach? Like what's your thought process? And then what are the tactics that you take? Yeah. So, so far they're the same thing. So my first experience with branding was when I guess it was probably 2013 or 24, it was probably 2014. I decided to be a lumberjack for Halloween that year. And so October 1st, I was like, I'm not growing, you know, I'm not going to shave my face anymore. I'm going to grow out a beard. Uh, Wait a minute. I think I see where this is going and this is insane. This is epic. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. So I grew out a beard and I was like, man, I kind of like this. Like I didn't know that I could grow a beard before. Right. And so uh, October 30th hit. And I was like, wow, I've actually kind of got a beard. Let's, let's keep this. And then it's funny that ended up becoming brand recognition for me, like completely unintentionally. I thought that I was, you know, I mean, I don't know. I just didn't want to shave. And I became the commercial real estate broker that walked into a room full of commercial real estate brokers. And I was the only one that wasn't clean shaven. Yes. And so that immediately made me stand out. So people started remembering who I was. And it was the same thing whenever I went to chamber events and to this and that, like the beard became the brand. And so, you know, my personal brand has always been very intertwined with my business brand because that's I, honestly at the very core, that's who I am. Like I, my, my, me personally and me as a business person are very, very similar. So, you know, which is good, right? Like for a lot of people, what you see is what you get. Yeah. Transparent. And, yeah, transparent. Like I don't, I don't put on a face to go to work, right? For like sure. this is, you know, I work all the time. This is me. I enjoy what <laughs> I do. Um, so there, the, the the brands are very intertwined. I mean, you know, obviously each each of my different companies has its own logo and it's got its own brand colors, but behind that, the brand messaging, the the core, the you know, the little details that make it what it is, that it's all based on you know who I am because I don't want to try and just create some persona that's not me. Hey guys, I just wanted to take a brief time out from this show, this incredibly mind expanding discussion to speak to the high achievers, the high performers. I wanted to speak to those who have a burning desire to go to the next level and beyond. First of all, I hear you and I see you. When I got started as a real estate entrepreneur, fresh out of my W2 corporate job, I was excited and jubilant to create and design my future. At the same time, my business and life was filled with confusion, filled with fear, doubt, uncertainty, and to be honest with you, sometimes even sleepless nights and hopelessness, even while experiencing what many would have considered substantial success. Ultimately, I mustered up the courage to hire one of the world's top high performance business coaches to work directly with me on creating strategies, systems and profound shifts towards accelerating my multifaceted performance 
and to become an industry leader. After years of investing significant resources into myself and in my business through this process, I am now paying it forward as a high performance coach to those who feel called to elevate to the extraordinary. Wherever you are right now, you know deep down that you have it within you to be great. If you're someone who's seriously looking to elevate your business, your real estate portfolio, your cash flow, your deal flow, your network, your net worth, your lifestyle, and ultimately your life right now and ongoing for the rest of your life, I have a message for you. Because if that's you, then I invite you to visit coachwithtyler.com. I have limited coaching spots available to guide people like you who want to substantially close the gap from where you are to where you want to be. These are first come first serve and demand high touch one to one focus from me directly to you. And this is not for everyone. This is only for those who are decisive, committed, and willing to do whatever it takes. It's only for those willing to play full out and invest time, energy and resources into themselves to achieve greatness in real estate investing and beyond, which is what we're all about on this podcast. This is for those defiantly inspired for transforming as an empowered, limitless and unstoppable human being in full control of their and their business's future. If that is you, I invite you to visit coachwithtyler.com. Again, that's coachwithtyler.com where you can apply for this life changing opportunity. We will then schedule a discovery session where we will directly discuss what's working, not working, and how we can work together to accelerate your future. With that said, enjoy the rest of the show. Yeah, yeah I really appreciate that. And it's hilarious that that came from a Halloween costume. But right? uh, I was everybody like, oh, loves you... the, everybody loves the backstory on the beard. Yeah. I'm like, what? It was for Halloween? <laughs> You told me you're like, you're like, I was, uh, I was going to dress up as a lumberjack. I'm like, Oh, easy, easy. Come on. And now <laughs> that's how it became. That's hilarious. And and yeah. I'm, I'm reflecting back because when I shaved my head originally, so I get the bald head, right? There's not a ton of, I mean, there's obviously bald people out there, but it is a differentiator. People recognize right. me and they see me They're like, Oh yeah, you're that bald guy. And um, it's, oh yeah, the bald guy. <laughs> yeah. So if you have buck teeth and you're listening, you could be the buck teeth guy or you could be That's the right. buck teeth girl, you know, so these things could be great for you. But um, I think it's really, really interesting. <laughs> but, but branding is something I'm passionate about, but I think you do a great job of it. So I got to give you the shout out there, but you know, tell me if we were to sh switch gears a little bit and, you know, tell me a little bit, how do you invest in yourself? Because you're the guy who shows up, he's creative, you know, you're building great relationships, but you're also you know, you're showing up with great energy. I mean, how do you invest in yourself beyond just building your business and such? But how does that and, and then we'll take it a step further. And how does that serve you in the business? Otherwise, I think education is incredibly important. And that's somewhat ironic coming from somebody who dropped out of college, right? Like that, that yeah. does not pass by me. <laughs> um, you know, one thing that I have always stayed on top of is 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 reading, mm -hmm. or listening to podcasts, or, you know, listening to books on audible. I mean, I think that, I think honestly, you can learn more that way than you really can in college, depending on what you're trying to do. I agree 100%. Yeah. So, I mean, there's so much that I've learned from podcasts. You know, when I first, um, when I first started getting into YouTube, I didn't know what, I had no idea what I was doing, right? And it's, that's not something where you could just like call up a buddy and be like, hey man, um, how do I do this YouTube thing? And they right. just tell you, right? Like, it, you know, it kind of takes almost a rare bird. So I started listening to podcasts. I started watching YouTube videos. So that's how I educated myself to get to where I am in, in the proficiency that I have now in YouTube videos. So I, I'm constantly learning, constantly trying to 
you know, figure out what the next thing is. One thing that I'm also somewhat intentional about, I think I need to be more intentional about it, is studying other industries and listening to podcasts on things that don't have anything to do with real estate. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes that can open up your mind. I mean, I, I just, I, you know, I think about like, what if I had listened to a podcast a year ago, where a restaurateur was talking about how he wanted to start seeing some smaller restaurant spaces. And you know, that how could that have changed my mind? How could that have changed my path? That's not something that you ever would have seen necessarily come across on a commercial real estate podcast. Um, but there's little things like that that could always trigger a thought that you never would have had otherwise. So yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm reading Atomic Habits right now that, that if you have not read that, that book is incredible. So it's good. So good. It's so good. That is a, a huge book recommendation on that one right now. Um, I, it's already, I'm like three chapters in and it's already changing how I'm thinking of things. I'm like, yes. Uh, with the most badass commercial real estate broker I know do this. Ooh. And, what? Would, would like, would Arnold Schwarzenegger eat this? And it's like little things like that. You start just thinking about it. And you're like, man, it changes your habits. It's kind of mm-hmm. crazy. That is interesting. Um, but yeah, always reading, always listening to podcasts. And, I, and I'm, I'm just generally a curious person. Yeah. So whenever I sit down with somebody new, I, I'm, I'm really good at asking questions. You know, just mm-hmm. like, okay, cool. How does that work? And why, why is that? And this and, and, and that, uh, that sometimes can make all the difference. Just you, if you can ask better questions you can be a better learner. I totally agree. And by the way, you know, one of the things that I loved about my conversation with Seth Godin when we had him on the podcast was that there is a very wide gap between education and learning. Yeah, you're talking about, you know, what you love. It was it was ironic that you're so in big into education. And really, I think what you probably meant is learning, right? You're curious, right? You yep. love learning about other people. You love learning about innovation, innovative practices, and you know, delineating something that may not be related at all to your business and applying that. I think that's awesome. And I love, I love that about you. And that's what I love about asking these type of questions as well is because it stokes my own curiosity. But that's the foundation where everything else comes, right? And then when you yeah. put some desire, you put some hunger on top of that, it's like, uh Oh, we're unstoppable. I love it. That's so true. It's such a good way of looking at it. I, I love that. I mean, I, I read that book too. I mean, by Seth years ago, where he talks about that. And uh, I think that that's kind of where it first started clicking with me. I was like, oh, like I'm not anti-education or I'm not yeah. anti-learning. Like I actually do enjoy that. It's just, I didn't like the path. Yeah. So, all right. So you're reading Atomic Habits right now. What's one big habit that you've either established or you're working on establishing that you're excited about? I would say for me right now, it's probably more of my eating habits. Um, I'm trying to just get better about looking at food as more of a fuel instead yep. of just eating, right? Like, <laughs> right. I think we're all guilty of just eating. 100%. Um, and, and if we want to be on top of our game and be, you know, the, the, you know, absolute best in our field, that's kind of one of those details you can't miss out on. So yeah. I'm thinking about that a lot. I was going to say, you know, just waking up early, but I actually just got into the habit of that in the pandemic, getting up at 4.30 or 5 every morning. Yeah. That's, that's great. Yeah, no, I'm with you. And and I'm like you, it's like, I'm a huge foodie. And it's like, well, let's be thoughtful, right? Because food is fuel. And it's not just 
but again at the same time like let's enjoy right you can't just you can't just like remove all pleasures from your life but man tyler i just i appreciate you and i'm really enjoying this conversation i want to transition into our rare air questionnaire we call it you know the rare air questionnaire it's that for a reason but it's also our rapid fire section and so i'd love to ask you a few questions uh you're already talking about a book and i'd love to dive in just a couple more if you had to point to two or three of the most impactful books that you've read, maybe over the past few years, what would those be and why? Ooh, I know one for sure. I'm trying to think of a second one. Um, I, you know what? I'm going to roll with one because this one had such an impact on me. He came up with a second one and I read that one. It's Walkable City by Jeff Speck. And it's probably, the, one, it's the best book I've ever read. Wow. But two, it's, it's one of the best books on commercial real estate I've ever read. But Jeff Speck, he's he's a basically a city planner. Well, he's he's more of a, a a consultant for city planners, and you know all these big cities bring him in to consult on their traffic patterns and zoning and this and that. And so he talks about what a walkable city is, why every city should strive to be a walkable city, and it completely changed my perspective on urban development. I was the guy that thought, you know, there, there's this eight, you know, eighth Avenue in Nashville. It's four lanes going in and out of downtown. And there was a proposal a couple of years ago to take it down to one lane each way with a turn lane um, in the middle, bike lanes, bigger sidewalks, trees. And, you know, in my opinion back then, I, I was like, hell no, you can't support this. That's terrible. You're not going to be able to get cars in and out of downtown. You know, who's going to ride their bikes over there, this and that. Well, after reading that book, there's no other way that you could look at that road than say, yes, it needs one lane going each direction, a turn lane, bike lanes, and this and that. And it actually, you know, it moves traffic faster that way. So I know that that's a long-winded answer, but since I had two books, I had to smash into one. I hope that that kind of helps. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, that's awesome. And uh, of course, we're going to put a link in the show notes on how you can get access to Tyler's book, Open for Business as well, which super excited to share that with you guys. Yeah. Uh, but thank you for that. And, and I can tell that that is definitely the best book that you've ever read because of the way that you described it. So I'll have to check that out. Yeah, I love and, it, man. Uh, man, beyond, beyond what we've talked about today, what's the biggest way that you elevate your life on a daily basis? I, I get coffee from Retrograde. <laughs> That's awesome. Shout out. So. I, I'm like kind of being serious. I mean, it's it's rocket fuel, man. I get coffee every morning. And that really is it. That's one of the best ways for me to start my day. I'm very peculiar about my morning. So maybe it's my whole morning routine is really, mm -hmm. really a better way to phrase this. Um, I like waking up really early and focusing on stuff before anybody else starts blowing up my phone. Because, mm -hmm. you know, I'm sure you can relate like in the world that we're in you are in demand from, you know, 730 in the morning until 530 or six at night. And so it, it can be tough to have some of that personal downtime to focus on the stuff that you really need. So my morning routines are, are golden. Yeah, it can be grueling. Otherwise, unless you spend that time to invest in yourself. And if you win the morning, you can win the day. Um, so you know, it's like, no matter what else happens, I did what I was supposed to do to really invest in myself, whether it's my mindset, my health, you know, my, my sanity anyway. So, um, no, I appreciate that. What's the biggest way that you elevate others around you, Tyler? I would say the, the biggest way that I'm elevating others around me at the moment, I think is through the YouTube channel. We are, you know, at this point we've done probably 40 videos, uh, cause we're doing them every week and I'm giving away a bunch of free information on how to invest in commercial real estate. You know, what a 1031 exchange is, how to raise capital for investments, 
you know, all of these different aspects of commercial real estate that you don't necessarily have easy access to go learn. And, and I, I thoroughly enjoy teaching others, you know, how to, how to be successful in this business. I think it's fun. Um, I, I didn't appreciate the closed door attitude that most of the older guys gave to me when I was getting started. And so I'm kind of making it my mission to, to change that, turn it around. Yeah. And it's such a changing guard, right? It's so different than what it used to be. It's like the good old boys club. And like, yeah, if you stick around for 10 years, I'll tell you something. But um, oh man, it's it's changing significantly. Like you were literally going from the guys that, you know, pull out those leather, you know, pad folios, <laughs> and that's their their CRM to, you know, you and me and you're like, yeah, I've got I've got my own talk show. And uh, <laughs> I operate everything out of my pocket from this little digital thing. And yeah. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, no, it is so true. It's so true. But it's exciting too, right? It's it's continuing to accelerate. But it's a matter of, you know, how how committed are you to adapting and growing and, you know, questioning assumptions. But man, Tyler, this has been a phenomenal episode. I really, really appreciate you taking time. Is there any parting thoughts or words of wisdom that you share with Elevate Nation today? Um, what I'll say is I, I, I do have a giveaway for all of your listeners. If anybody wants a free copy of my book, Open for Business, The Insider's Guide to Leasing Commercial Real Estate, you can go to tylercobble.com slash elevate. Um, that's a free download for you guys. Um, you'll also get my due diligence checklist, which, uh, you know, that obviously just comes with it. But that's what I use on every project um, when we're doing a value add investment or development to make sure that we're checking all the boxes that we need to, which if you're trying to do your first deal, uh, it is very important that you get those right. So yeah, head on over to tylercobble.com slash elevate and pick that up. Yeah, and we'll put that link in the show notes as well. Uh, of course, on elevatepod.com. And then also, we're going to put a link into the show notes on how you can find Tyler's YouTube channel, right? Because if you want to learn everything he was just talking about, all the free information he's given away, you want to go check that out. But I want to encourage you to engage with Tyler further, get to know him better, man. He's awesome. Go follow him on Instagram, wherever you're at. And, uh, you know, get to know this guy because, you know, he may look like a lumberjack, but he's a very, <laughs> very nice, very creative, awesome guy. And uh, man, this has been amazing. And I want to encourage Elevate Nation to identify what are your top three key distinctions? What are your top three takeaways? And share those with someone else. You know, screenshot the show, post it on your social media, tag your friends, or send them a text message, whatever you feel most comfortable with. But at the end of the day, it's about sharing because, you know, we got to pay it forward. At the end of the day, it's not just about keeping that information because when you give it, it grows. And what grows for someone else can grow for you as well. I also want to encourage you to re-listen to this show because in my opinion, repetition is the mother of all skill. If you can re-listen to something, it can anchor into your autonomic nervous system a bit further and you can go out there and you can act, you can do, and you can be better, right? And I want to encourage you to take massive action. But until next time, I want to encourage you to go out, elevate yourself, go out, elevate other people around you. And Tyler, my man, thank you so much for being on the show. Tyler, thanks for having me, man. This was a great conversation. No, my pleasure. Elevate Nation, we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Elevate. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and pay it forward by sharing with a friend. Most importantly, take this opportunity to elevate your results by taking immediate action on what you learned. For more, visit elevatepod.com.